0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: Between 2017 and 2019, strategically placed weed trials located as far north as central Queensland, down to the Riverina region of New South Wales, delivered data that will provide grain growers with regional information about variety adaption and recommended sowing times. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. The project is part of a bilateral agreement under the Grain's Agronomy and Pathology Partnership between GRDC and New South Wales DPI, who brought Queensland's Department of Agriculture and Fisheries on board to work on the project. Darren Asthorpe, a senior research agronomist with DAF, is based at Emerald Central Queensland, and as part of the research team, he was asked to present a report on this project to the Grain's Research Update held recently at Gundawindi. Darren explained that at each of the trial sites 32 different wheat varieties were sown on the same dates.
0: What we've done is concurrently plant 32 different varieties across eight different locations on the same date four times a year. So we will typically have an early April, uh, a later April, an early May and a late May uh, approximately two weeks apart sowing dates. And then we'll monitor the way those crops have grown over that period of time, including biomass cuts and um, eventually yield of um, how those different varieties performed, um, not only against each other, but also across the sowing dates. And eventually we'll get to the point where we'll we'll do an analysis across uh, sites as well. So how differently does a plant develop in Emerald relative to the southern downs, relative to northern New South Wales, relative to central New South Wales? And how different is that? It's quite considerable actually um, and I suppose the the key um, or the standout uh, number is, is when you look at fl- days to flowering. Um, so uh, a, a quicker spring variety wheat in emerald, um, particularly planted a bit earlier, um, can go to flowering as quickly as 60 days. That same variety planted down in central New South Wales can push out to over 100 days. Um, it's quite significant the difference. Um, so. Understanding that difference is crucial in terms of identifying periods of time which when the plant is most sensitive or most prone to to stress, or um, uh, I suppose stress is the right word, um, how we can avoid those periods and therefore uh, maximise our yield potential of the crops we're growing for the amount of water we've got available at any one time.
1: In your presentation today you were looking at um, uh, sites in particular uh, from uh, Cropper Creek, Northern New South Wales, right up to Central Queensland to the Emerald site, and two in between. What was it about those particular sites that you thought would have most relevance to the growers and advisors here today? Was it purely because we're in Southern Queensland for the update?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to get a bit of a spread. Um, obviously, most of my data today pre- was focused on Emerald, and as you saw in the in the uh, risk of heat stress and the he- risk of um, frost. Emerald's a bit of a, a unique beast in terms of its very minimal frost risk right throughout this winter period. Whereas you come further south, you look at Cropper Creek or you look at Mandara or you look at Jindawi, those sites have very particular windows um, where you really want to be shooting for. So by that I mean uh, periods of time which can be as, as narrow as three weeks uh, where you, want, you have temperatures which are uh, below 30 degrees, so your maximum temperatures aren't going to exceed 30 degrees. But your minimum temperatures aren't going to drop below two degrees. And why two instead of zero? Well, two's when the weed is most sensitive, there's a, there's a chance that something could happen, but typically people think about zero as your as your frost risk period. So all I wanted to do was just identify those periods and how that changes across the regions. Um, for the those that are watching pretty closely, they might also notice that the effect of heat stress is your head further north, so the heat stress tightens up a lot more. Um, as we head further north and comes comes into effect a lot quicker than it does in southern regions.
1: Okay, so you got into the business of it and you talked about what was learnt. So run us through the points that you feel are those most prudent points.
0: I suppose the big learnings are that being able to hit a particular period of time um, or to firstly identify and then get your wheat flowering within those particular times can have a significant effect on your bottom line. Um, we saw that um, by flowering within that correct window, we can have, when you look at the average of the four sowing dates we were looking at for the trial, um, when we were so flowering within that nice that, that sweet spot window, um, our yield was typically 20% 20 to 30% higher than it was across the trial average across the four sowing dates. Um, so that's, that's the big win. Uh, if you can identify firstly when you expect your wheat to, to flower for a given sowing date, Secondly, line that sowing data, uh, line that flowering date up with that window that we've identified, we know there's some real big gains there to be made. And as we saw in the graphs, um, sorry, the table at the end of the presentation there, there was a, there was a $400 per hectare spread, um, and that's some pretty serious money uh, for growers if they're wanting to maximise uh, profitability from their cereal production. Also, part of the point
1: you were making was that uh, winter wheats don't quite work in central Queensland. No, and. Uh, no mid to quick spring wheats can can work. Um, But you also said there was a
0: catch. There is, absolutely. Um, If you're not hitting that window um, you're either going to be very susceptible to frost, um, which is a very real risk for most of the growing region um, or conversely and and probably more importantly um, frost is very present in people's minds but they don't probably fully quantify the the effect of um, heat stress or stress generally on the wheat crop at the back end of the season. Um, So as we saw, we saw a real tailing off of the yield response relative to the the flowering date Um, and I think it's a message that really needs to be hammered home that um, yes frost hurts, yes it's a really big issue um, but so is heat stress at the back end. Uh, And equally um as we saw as our evaporative pressure started to increase, as our relative humidity drops off, we really start to see those yields drop away. Um, so we're looking for that Goldilocks period when our wheat's flowering and optimum time, um, that's where we're going to make our money. And
1: the presentation also, or well, you posed the question in your presentation, well, how do we determine when is the optimal flowering period in our own environment? So what what were those factors that that you related to everyone today?
0: I, I mean we've been growing wheat for a very long time in, in um, Queensland and across the Northern Grains region and people have a pretty fair understanding of of particularly certain um, key varieties of, of when they're going to flower and you've got to build on that knowledge, um, you've got to build on those understanding of, of when your crop is flowering and how that correlates with that optimum flowering date. So if your variety Let's say Lancer or something like that um, is flowering um, in mid-August, but your optimum flowering period might be um, might be uh, early August. Um, what do you have to do to your sowing date to try and get that to, to adjust, or do I look at another another variety or genotype? So, do I look for a slightly quicker variety like a, a Spitfire or a Suntop to try and get try and hit that window? If I still only want to plant on that particular period or date because of when rain falls. Um, or when planning opportunities present themselves.
1: You also mentioned there's uh, a bit of technology, a tool that growers can use Absolutely. to to really sort of help identify
0: the most appropriate uh, flowering period. Tell us more about it. Climate is an app that's been developed by Dave Freebane um, and, and a number of his colleagues. It's a, it's a free app or web page that's available uh, uh, for anyone to, to download and use. It's got an exceptionally useful tool in there called how hot and how cold. So what that allows you to do is identify what temperature you think you're going to start seeing stress effects on your on the plants. So uh, the nominal numbers for wheat um, uh, typically you don't want the wheat flowering in temperatures above 30 degrees, and obviously you don't want it the fleet you don't want the wheat flowering in temperatures below two degrees, obviously because of frost risk. Um, by putting that data in there, it's got a huge number of locations you can select from, which is makes it relatively easy to select a location that should be similar to your farm or your location. And people can then identify, using those specifications, what's what's a good starting point for me to be able to hit a, a optimum flowering date. Um, as I say, the the, the key driver is the what we always thought the driver was was temperature, so that two to thirty degrees range. But then across on top of that we start amplifying the the effect of heat stress, the effect of um, humidity falling away and all those other things that we saw that tail off in the uh, slides for Emerald. And, and talking about the um, um, PowerPoint, you don't have that in front of you, you
1: don't have your no. notes in front of you. <laughs> no. But um, you did give um, four examples uh, from Cropper Creek through to Emerald of of what is the optimum flowering period. Are you able to summarise those?
0: Typically the further south you go the later it is and that's primarily driven by frost risk obviously. So um, the Cropper Creek area from memory it was late September um, and as you head further north um, through the different sites it gets earlier into September and and back into August for for um, somewhere like Theodore, so late August, early September. So and again, when you get back to Emerald, all of a sudden you're back into that sweet spot right across the uh, right across from um, effectively from May through to um, to mid August. Um, that doesn't mean you should be flowering across that whole period of time, but it's as I say that 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 tighter window um, for the southern sites actually makes it a bit easier to locate. Whereas in Central Queensland, you don't have that that nice sharp area to shoot for we've got a much broader spectrum and as I say that's where the other influences start to to come into effect that heat stress and um, evaporative pressure at the back end of the season.
1: And one of the uh, other interesting points and you touched on it earlier was um, optimal flowering period uh, can also translate into dollar
0: returns. Absolutely. Um, So as I I presented today um, we had when you're looking at an average yield of, say, 3.3 tonnes per hectare um, across the four sowing dates for for one of the particular um, data sets I showed, um, as we saw in the, the spread of yields, we saw that um, some of the yields are, are exceeding 125 130% of the, the mean average yield. Um, so if the average yield was 3.3, all of a sudden we've got the stuff at a higher end uh, is, is doing up into the four tonnes per hectare and the lower end so 75% of the average yield might be down into the twos or, or low two tonnes per hectare and that can basically mean the difference of $200 per hectare um, from the average above or $200 below and effectively if you plant really if you plant the optimum time and you plant at the worst time there's a $400 per hectare spread which is a really significant number um, in anyone's language in terms of um, Possible productivity loss um, for the same sowing date. Effectively,
1: there were questions from the floor. Were they the type of questions you expected?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, again, frost is a is an issue that sticks in people's heads big time. Everyone can tell you when the last serious frost affected their growers or affected their on their particular location, um, and it's it's quite confronting, particularly when you're being told. Um, for example, in central Queensland, we used to aim for a flowering period in the first week in August. And all of a sudden, I'm presenting data up there that says you really need to be flowering in the second week of June, second to third week in June. Um, people remember the frost, it frosts then. It's a it's a very confronting um, paradigm to challenge. Um, so it's it's what we've done is identify that sweet spot where we're going to maximise yield, but it's up to growers to then identify, is that risk too much for me to to deal with? So if if I'm confident I cannot have crop wheat flowering then so where's my next best option? Do I need to go earlier? Do I need to go later? Um, It's it's that balance of risk, risk versus reward. Um, I guess in CQ we're a little bit lucky that frost risk isn't as significant as it is further south, but conversely we've got that really widespread and we've got other factors that can affect our year response, whereas When you've got a hard wall of frost, a hard wall of um, heat stress, that that effect's going to be somewhat reduced compared to what it is um, in our part of the world, as long as you can hit that window and that's easier said than done until you've got some really good phenology data for each region or location, um, which hopefully that'll come in time.
1: You did say there was a lot of data to come out of this project and there's still a lot to be analysed. What are some of the uh, things that you're looking forward to? to come out of that data?
0: I suppose today's presentation was very much a a tip of the iceberg sort of thing in terms of this is the one thing that's really stood out to us to date. Um, But it's the building blocks behind that is how do we come to this, how how does the development of the plant change under certain climates, under certain conditions? Um, As I stated before, we were looking at biomass accumulation to node elongation or GS30. We were looking at biomass accumulation to flowering date, GS65, and then we are looking at biomass accumulation all the way through to um, uh, maturity. And what we see is from hard years to, to um, good years, that those values change significantly. So we've gone from in 2018 we had crops which were producing at best 6 tonnes per hectare biomass. Um, that same variety, same planting configuration this year was doing 12 tonnes. Um, so the wheat's an amazing plant. It has an amazing ability to to make use of what resources and, and conditions it's operating within. Um, what we're able to do now is start doing multiple year analysis to see how where the consistencies are and where the differences are. And then more importantly, we're able to start looking at how is emerald's accumulation different to southern Queensland to northern New South Wales to central New South Wales um, and that's where the real power will start to come out of this information so I'm really excited about this. Um, I think there's going to be some really good stuff come out of it and I'm um, looking forward to hopefully sharing some of it in the near future.
1: So to wrap it all up what are the take home messages?
0: The, t- the take home message as is, is, is you've probably picked up now is um, really you want to be shooting for that optimum flowering period. There's a, there's a period of time, it doesn't matter if you're in Emerald or you're in Wagga Wagga, that where we've seen yield maximised by having the crop flowering within that window. Um, the challenge is understanding how a certain genotype is going to respond over the growing season and trying to get those genotypes to flower in that window. Um, if we can get that information and data set where people are confident to say if I'm planting on the, if I'm planting on the 15th of May. I'm confident my crop will be flowering on the 20th of September, and that's the window. Um, that's the that's the that's the utopian piece of information we're looking for. Obviously, there's a wide range of factors that drive that, including moisture and everything else. Um, but the tighter we can get that understanding of how that variety is going to perform under a certain set of conditions, um, the better we'll be as an industry because we'll have some um, some pretty easy gains in yield. Um, significant gains in yield as you saw just by hitting our flowering dates at a time where we're going to maximise yield for the amount of water that's available to the crop.
1: Darren Asthorpe, a senior research agronomist with Queensland's Department of Agriculture and Fisheries and Darren is based at Emerald in central Queensland. The update paper is available online on GRDC's website. Just search Update Papers and the Climate app can be found at climateapp.net.au and that's climate or climateapp, C-L-I-M-A-T-E-A-P-P as one word, .net.au. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening.